Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. something here right now if 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 you have your mom here today I want you to put your arm around her and give her just a slurpy kiss if your mom is with you today come on if your mom's with you today just put your arm around her give her a big old kiss right now it's all right we're, we're, we're getting outside the lines of reason a little bit but give her a big old kiss and then tell her wow have I got a present for you mom Put yourself on the spot. We have so many wonderful guests today, and thank you for being a part. I'm not going to be lengthy because I'm going to let you beat the Baptist and the Methodist and the Presbyterian (laughs) to the restaurant today because I know I'll be a popular pastor next Sunday if I let you out on on that time scale. What a joy to welcome you, and what a joy it is to be a pastor of such a loving church. One of, our, one of our board of director members was at the door today, and he's not normally there at the door, and he said, Pastor, I don't believe I've ever seen such a happy group of people walking in church. Everybody that walked in today was smiling. Everybody that walked in today was happy. Isn't it great to come to church and not be mad? Isn't that an honor? Isn't that a great thing to come to church and not be mad at the world? Just... Just love the Lord. Just love Him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. I'm going to speak to you today on kingdom-minded mothers. Amen. That's the greatest mom you can have is a kingdom-minded mom. And I'm going to talk about that today. I want to, I want to, I want to thank all the, the gray-haired ladies and all you that have dyed your hair gray before it's time. I want to thank all the silver-haired mamas. I want to thank all the precious moms that have been so loyal and faithful to your stance with God Almighty. And I thank you for that. And I want to thank God for every praying mom. I want to thank God for every mom that had the audacity and the strength and the courage to get up on Sunday morning and bring your kids to the house of the Lord. I want to thank you for that today. So I want to ask you, what's on your mind today, Mom? Well, the truth be told, it's probably not centered on being honored on this day, though it should, for you deserve it. On this day that we honor mothers, it's good for us to think about how much you really do. Being a mom is not a walk in the park. Can somebody say amen? Amen. By the time a child reaches 18 years of age, a mother has had to handle some extra 18,000 hours of child-generated work. You got paid overtime for that, you could retire right now. Tony Campolo wrote a book called The Power Delusion. And in that book, he said, Too many times women are made to feel that they should apologize for being mothers and housewives. In reality, he said, such roles can be and should be noble callings. When Tony was on the faculty of the University of Pennsylvania, there were gatherings from time to time to which faculty members brought their spouses. Inevitably, some woman, lawyer, attorney, sociologist, psychologist would confront his wife with the question, and what is it you do, my dear, 
His wife, Peggy, who is one of the most brilliantly articulate individuals around, had a great response. She said, I'm a, I am socializing two homo sapiens in the dominant values of Judeo-Christian Judeo tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God will from the beginning of creation. And then Peggy would look at them and say, and what do you do? They didn't want to answer her after that. And everything that you've needed to know, somewhere along the line, a mom taught you. Let's revisit some of those lessons. My mother taught me logic. She said, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. As well as, if everyone else jumped off the cliff, you're going to do it too? Logic. My mother taught me medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. <laughs> My mother taught me to think ahead. If you don't pass your spelling test, you'll never get a good job. <laughs> My mother taught me to meet a challenge. What were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. Then when I'd answer, don't talk back to me. <laughs> My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me about roots. Do you think you were born in a barn? How many of you mamas have ever said that? Quit slamming the door and quit hollering. You wasn't born in a barn. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait till your dad gets home. Oh, God. That was the toughest one I ever learned. And my all-time favorite thing my mama taught me was justice. She said, one day you'll have kids. And I hope they turn out just like you. Then you'll see what it's like. I can't wait. Thanks, Mom. You know what moms are? They're teachers. They're disciplinarians. They're cleaning ladies. They're gardeners. They're mowers of lawns. They're nurses. They're doctors along with being psychologists and counselors, as well as chauffeurs and coaches. Mothers are developers of personalities. They're molders of vocabularies, and they're shapers of attitudes. Mothers are the soft voice saying, I really do love you, son. And mothers are a link to God. And mothers are a child's first impression of God's love. A teacher gave a class of second graders a lesson on the magnet and what it does. And the next day there was a written test and it included this question. My full name has six letters. The first is M. I pick up things. What am I? Over 50% of her class wrote mother instead of magnet. <laughs> One lady writes, I didn't know if my granddaughter had learned her colors yet. So I decided to test her. I would point at something and ask what color it was. And she would tell me, as she always did, the right color. She was always right. It was fun for me. So I continued. And last, I, as she headed for the door saying, Sagely, Grandma, you know what? You should try to figure out some of these things for yourself. <laughs> Another grandmother wrote, When my grandson asked me how old I was, I teasingly replied, I'm not sure. To which my grandson said, Look in your underwear, Grandma. Mine says I'm four to six.
One more grandma's story since we're grandparents. A grandmother was surprised by her seven-year-old grandson one morning. He made her coffee in bed. And she drank the worst cup of coffee she'd ever drank in her life. When she got to the bottom, there were three of those little green army men in the cup. <laughs> she said, honey, what are these army men doing in my coffee? And her grandson said, grandma, it says on TV, the best part of waking up is soldiers in your cup. Somebody said it takes about six weeks to get back to normal if you've had a baby. Somebody doesn't know once you're a mother, normal is history. <laughs> Somebody said you learn how to be a mother by instinct. Somebody never took a three-year-old shopping. Somebody said that being a mother is boring. Somebody never rode in a car with a teenager with a driver's permit. Or a dad. I'll use that on Father's Day. Somebody said good mothers never raise their voices. Somebody never came out the back door just in time to see her kid hit a golf ball through the neighbor's kitchen window. <laughs> Somebody said you don't need education to be a mother. Somebody never tried to help a fourth grader with their math problems. <laughs> Somebody said you can't love the fifth child as much as you love the first. Somebody doesn't have five children. Somebody said a mother can find all the answers to her child wearing questions in books. Somebody never had a child stuff beans up his nose and put them in his ears. <laughs> Somebody said the hardest part of being a mother is labor delivery and delivery. Somebody never watched a baby get on a bus the first day of kindergarten or on a plane headed for a military boot camp. Somebody said a mother can stop worrying after his child gets married. Somebody doesn't know that marriage adds a new son or a new daughter-in-law to the mother's heartstring. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody said a mother's job is done when her last child leaves home. Somebody never had grandkids. Somebody said your mother knows you love her, so you don't need to tell her. Somebody isn't a mother. Reach over and give your mom a sloppy kiss again and say, I love you. Would you do it right now? I want you to love your mama today. I want you to love your mama today. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 through 23 said, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? And she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. He said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. For it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. Never was there, never was there more a bold and presumptuous, powerful woman in the Bible than the sons of Zebedee. James and John were their names. Actually, 
we should not be so inclined to think this way because mothers are those who are quick to want the best for their kids and to defend their children when they have done wrong. And if I can call her politely Mrs. Zebedee, she was looking out for her boys, James and John. And though we might see her in a bad light, it lets us see her actions in a good light because she was a kingdom-minded mother. I think it's important to share something with you today very quickly before I let you go. Consider her position. She was kneeling. She was crouched in humility. Consider her asking. She, she was to beg or she desired. She supplicated. She was asking strong according to Philippians 4 and 6. And consider Jesus entertaining her request. So what we think was presumptuous on her part was something that the Lord entertained by his heart. He wanted her to know, I'm hearing what you have to say, and I love the fact that you're bold about asking me. And even though it's not mine to give, they have to drink my cup, and they have to be baptized by my baptism. And I cannot give that. Only my Father which is in heaven can give that. But what he was doing was honoring her request. I believe with all my heart that the greatest thing that a woman could ever have, the greatest thing a mother could ever have is a desire to serve the Lord herself. I think one of the greatest things that you could ever possess in your life, Mom, is to wake up in the morning and say, Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm a child of the King. And I salute every Christian mother here today, and I salute every mother that wants to be a Christian. I salute everybody that's in this house today because you wouldn't be here today if you didn't want the things of God in your life. Why don't we clap our hands for moms who are... Christian enough today to say, I am a child of God Almighty. Clap your hands for that right now. Just as your child comes asking for you to do things for him, you can come to Jesus as his child and you can ask him. I want to bring you three quick points here today, three quick points. And I hope that you do not take me harsh here today. But I want to preach to you something very strong from my heart. The first thing that this woman wanted was her sons to be part of the kingdom of God. I think one of the greatest things that you could ever do as a mom is not to promote your kids into things that take them away from the kingdom of God. But promote your kids into things that take them into the kingdom of God. I don't think that church ought to ever be a negative connotation in your home. I think church ought to be the most positive thing that you could ever talk about. If you're going to talk negative, get on politics. If you're going to talk positive, get on the church. There's nothing greater than pointing your kids to the kingdom of Almighty God. Mom, there's nothing greater in all the world than to ask the Savior today, Lord, would you let my children be a part of the kingdom of God? And then step up to the plate. My mom prayed that prayer every day. I told you at the funeral that my mom was a prayer warrior. God, that woman prayed. She prayed so hard. She used to pray. She used to pray this kind of prayer. She'd come up to me. She said, if you're not living right, I wish the Lord would take you right now. Well, mama, my God. <laughs> because I've prayed for you every day to live right. And I want you to live right. So I'm going to pray for you right now, and I want you to repent of your sins if you've committed any. And Mama would lay hands on me. Now, I, this is a true story. Now, I, I'm not trying to tell everybody to go to laying hands on your kids, but Mom used to lay hands on me. She used to lay hands on me, and it wasn't with ease either. 
She'd put this hand here and this hand back here, and she would go to moving my head. She said, God, whatever he does, whatever he doesn't do, whatever he omits or whatever he commits, I want you to wash him every time he does it. I want you to wash him and forgive him because, Lord, I want him in the kingdom more than I want him anywhere in this life. And I'm preaching to you right now, Mom. There's not a greater thing. And I know that I'm hitting resistance today because many of us want our kids in things that take them away from church. The thing that ought to be first and foremost in all of our kids' lives is church. When the Lord established the tabernacle in the wilderness, everybody lived around the tabernacle. Everybody lived around church. God wanted church to be the center focus of every family that ever lived because he's got to be first and foremost. Jesus Christ said, I will not be second. I'm not going to be second. You've got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. Somehow we've got to get church back in the center and take it off the circumference of what we do in our homes. Come on, Mom. Tell the Lord I want my kids to be involved in the kingdom business. I want them to be in the kingdom. I want them to be a part of the kingdom. She recognized the kingdom belonged to Jesus. She desired entrance into the kingdom for her boys. She wanted her boys in on the ground floor of the kingdom. What better care can a mom give to her children than to desire and strive to lead them to enter into the kingdom of God? I think it's awesome. I really, really do. I think it's awesome. When kids at young ages find the Lord in their own life, we don't baptize infants at our church because we want those kids to come to an age of accountability where they can decide right from wrong. But at the same time, I think it's so imperative that mom, mom, you've got to do your job. You've got to stand up and say, you know what? My greatest desire for you, oh, I want you to score touchdowns and I want you to hit home runs and, and I bragged about my grandsons hitting the ball out of the park and I brag about little Windsor hitting the golf ball and I grab, grab, brag about all that. But the greatest thing, the greatest thing they could do to honor me is to call Jesus Lord of their life. Come on, clap your hands all over the house. Call Jesus Lord of your life. And sometimes we think it's too easy to think the preacher will preach my kids into the kingdom. It's too easy to think that a Sunday school teacher will teach my kids about the kingdom. Mom, you've got that child every day, every night. And some of you have done a great job of entering your children to the kingdom. Here's an old proverb. An ounce of mother is worth a ton of a pastor. An ounce of mother is worth a ton of a pastor. So mom, help me out. I stand here today as a product of a mother who was kingdom-minded for her son to enter in. And I entered in this thing. And I salute a wife today, my precious wife that you clap for, who's kingdom-minded and has testified and led a life so as to help lead our own children to make an entrance into the kingdom of God. I stand here today thanking God that all my kids are in the church today and that they're saved. I want them to be successful. Brad just got his master's degree in psychology. I think that's awesome. I think that's wonderful. And Jaron's getting promotions all the time on his job. And Damon's doing phenomenal things on his job. And my girls are all doing wonderful. But the greatest thing that I can applaud today is my kids love the Lord. That's what it's about. They love Jesus Christ. Somebody help me preach right now. The second thing, she prayed her sons would be not only in the kingdom, but involved in the work of the kingdom. She said, I want them to be involved. I don't want them just to be there. I want them to be involved. 
I want them to be an active part. She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your kingdom. I don't want my boys just out there in the kingdom. I want them involved in the kingdom. I want my boys involved in the kingdom. Let me tell some of you moms, let me tell some of you dads, all of us need to hear this right now. It's important to understand this. Proverbs 22 and, 3 say, when you, 22 and 6 say, when you train up a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he won't depart from it. What that means is, that means they never forget how they were raised. Never, 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 never. And they may walk away from the dictates and the, and the strengths of the kingdom of God, but they'll never get it out of their heart. And somewhere down the road, they're going to make that turnaround, that 180 again. You've got to believe that, mother. Don't ever give up on how you raised your kids. Don't ever give up on how that you trained your children. Because even though they may not be living it today, even though they might not be going to church and taking their family to church, it does not matter. What matters is you keep praying because you planted a seed, and that seed's going to have harvest one day, and you're going to see your children saved again. Amen. You're going to see your children walk in church again. I believe that with all my heart. And it may not be this church, but if they're in the house of God, I want my kids to be involved. I want my kids to be involved. She wanted her boys to be in the inner part, in the inner circle of the work of God. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Moms, get your kids involved in the work of the kingdom. And the third quick thing that I want to share with you today, I'm not going to be long today. But the third quick thing I want to share is not only she wanted her sons in the kingdom, she wanted to be involved in the kingdom, she had great big expectations. Think about it. Think about it just a moment. She walked up to Jesus and said, I got a favor to ask. I want one of my boys to sit on your right hand and one of my boys to sit on your left hand. Wow. Wow. What box did you come out of, lady? I didn't. I'm a kingdom-minded mom. I'm somebody that believes that my boys can walk with you, that my boys can be baptized by your baptism and drink the cup that you drink of. I've got to believe that my boys are special. You know what her boys' names were? James and John. You know who James was? James was a pastor of a great church, the first one in Jerusalem. Do you know who John was? He's the writer of Revelation. One was beheaded, one was killed for the gospel, and the other was boiled in hot oil, and yet they couldn't kill him because of double jeopardy, so they abandoned him to an island. They put him out, they put him out on an island, and, 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 he, and, he st- and he stood there, and he wrote the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. She had put something in those boys. She had put something in their heart, and she knew they were particular good kids, and they were special boys, and she didn't have any fear of walking up to Jesus and saying, hey, I got something to ask of you. When you come to your kingdom, I want one of my boys on your right hand and one on the left hand. I want my boys to be a part and be involved in what you're doing in this life. Are you with me right now? Are you with me right now? It's so, so many times church has become less cool. It's the less cool thing. The cool thing is not church. The cool thing is other stuff. The cool thing is 
the world. The cool thing is what everybody's doing out yonder. But the greatest thing you could ever do to your children is to have big expectations for them in the kingdom of God. Because I promise you there's a scripture that's going to catch them every time if you seek first the kingdom. All these other things are going to be added unto you. That's an awesome promise. If you seek first the kingdom, all these other things are going to be added unto you. What a joy. What a joy. And her expectations were met. She was at the cross the day Jesus died. She was one of the women there. And there was her son, John, at the cross. The only disciple that made it to the cross was John, and there he was. And Jesus looked at John and said, John, I want you to behold your mother, talking about Mary, his mother. And woman, I want you to behold your son. And the Bible said from that hour, she went home with John. Woo! I think it's a pretty well-stated thing that those boys made it to where the woman wanted them to be involved in the kingdom of God. Because when you can get your son to stand at the cross and have faith at the cross... That's where you want your children to be. On the earth's darkest hour, John was standing at the foot of the cross. So you say, we criticize the Mrs. Zebedee. No, don't criticize her. Brag on her today because she wanted her boys involved. She wanted to be a part of the kingdom, but she had big expectations for those boys. Hey, don't lose your expectation, Mom, of what God can do for your children in 2013. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen to that. The Bible said, let your father and your mother be glad, Proverbs 23 and 25, and let her who bore you rejoice. I got to close. Robert Browning said, all love begins and ends with mom. I want to tell you a beautiful story in closing here today. It's out of World War II. It's out of the Holocaust. That took the lives of millions of people. Solomon Rosenberg and his family. It's a true story. Solomon Rosenberg and his wife and their two sons and his mother and his father were arrested and placed in a Nazi concentration camp it was a labor camp, and the rules were very simple. As long as you can do your work, you're permitted to live. But when you became too weak to do your work, then you were exterminated. That was the rules. Rosenberg watched his mother and his father march off to their deaths because they were old, and they could not work, and they died. And he knew next would be his youngest son, David, because David had always been a frail child, and he was unable to work. He was a weak child, a sick child. But every evening, Solomon Rosenberg would come back to the barracks after his hours of labor and search the faces for his family. When he found them, they would huddle together. They would embrace one another and they'd thank God for another day of life. One day, Rosenberg came back and didn't see those familiar faces. And he finally discovered his oldest son, Joshua, in the corner, huddled and weeping and praying. And he said, Josh, tell me it's not true. 
please tell me it's not true, son. And Josh turned and said, it's true, Papa. Today, David was not strong enough to do his work. So they came for him. Solomon said, but where is your mother? Oh, Dad, he said, when they came for David, he was afraid and began to cry. And Mama said, there's nothing to be afraid of, David. And she took him by the hand, Dad, and she went with him. That, my friend, is motherhood. That is motherhood. I can't tell you the times when I was a boy that how afraid I was of storms. I can't tell you the time. And I, and I read an illustration one time in my reading. I read quite often, but in my reading, I read an illustration one time about a, about a young man that went to work for a, a rancher. And the rancher gave him all his assignments. And he finally said to the, to the rancher, sir, he said, I know how to sleep on a stormy night. What he meant was, I get everything fixed. I know everything is going to be where it's supposed to be. Everything's going to be tied down. And so when the storm comes, I can rest. But I remember when I was just a boy, we would run to the cellar. We would, we would go three houses down. They had a cellar three houses down. We'd go down about a quarter of a mile in another house. They had a cellar down there. And every storm, my mom would huddle my brother and I and say, let's go, boys. We got to go. And it might just be a bad flash flood. It might just be a little hailstorm. Many times it wasn't a tornado, but sometimes it was West Texas. But I remember mom, mom always huddled us, protected us. We were like little chicks under her wings. She just took care of us. And I remember that mom never never asked us to go to the cellar without her she always went with us and so there was a fear of storms in my life because of that and I told mama that one day I said mama you made me scared death of storms I'm scared death of them and then I finally got my peace one day years ago but here's the bottom line the bottom line is this that mom moms are protectors moms care moms love and I promise you, when that boy had that surgery, that daughter had that surgery, I promise you, dad might have went home and got his rest, but mom didn't leave that hospital. I promise you, when things got bad, mom got on her knees and prayed. When our cupboard got bare, it was mom that prayed. Mom, I'm going to tell you something in closing today. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. I want my daughter to be here. I want her to be popular. I want her to do this. And you push and you push that. Why don't you start pushing to the Lord and say, I want my child and I want my son to be in the kingdom of God. I want my child to be involved in the work of the Lord. And why don't you get some big expectations here on this Mother's Day 2013 and say, you know what? My children are going to excel in the world, but they're going to excel greater in the kingdom of God. They're going to work for the Lord all their lives. They're going to put Jesus first in their life. I think that's important. I think it's powerful important. It's powerfully important. It's powerfully important. 
I got to tell you a grandma's story before I, before I go. My mom's mom used to have a razor strop that she sharpened blades with. That was her belt. When she went to that drawer to get it out, third drawer, bottom drawer, in the chest of drawers in her dining room, that she pulled that bottom drawer. We scattered like cockroaches when the light came on. We ran. I was raised by a popping your backside grandma. Grandmas today just give them candy and send them home. I know. But my grandmother, I'll never forget. It's one of the greatest moments, and I've never shared it with this church. I'll never forget this. Never forget this. I was in trouble one day at Grandma Tatum's house. I was in trouble. I had messed up. I had. I had not obeyed her. I had done something she did not want me to do. It wasn't sin. It just disobedience to my grandmother. I hadn't gone out and smoked or gone out and shot drugs in my veins. I hadn't done that. I just went out and did something Mamma didn't want me to do. She's Mamma. She wasn't Grandma. She's Mamma. She got that razor strop and she stood on the front porch of her house. She said, Rexy Dale, I'm waiting on you. I heard her. But I didn't want her to think I heard her. I knew what was coming. Then I heard her hit that, hit that strap against the post on the porch. Wow. You coming? came around the corner I was ready for my beating wasn't it beating it wasn't. She, hit, she hit us one time maybe we thought it was death by grandma she believed the scripture spare the rod spoil the child I bear in my body the marks but anyhow I walked around that corner and when I looked at her, she was crying. She was crying. My grandma was crying. I thought, oh my God, she's so mad she's crying. But when I walked up to her, she put her arms around me. She said, of all the kids, that I thought might disappoint me you'd be the one I would think less would disappoint me and I want to say beat me grandmother beat me <laughs> just beat me right now I don't want to hear no more of that beat me mama beat me grandma beat me she put that razor strop down and she grabbed me and just huddled me and hugged me close she said boy I want you to go to heaven and you can't go to heaven being disobedient. I'm not going to spank you. And from that moment on, she never had to spank me again. She said, I prayed for you. I want you to excel. And I remember the day. 
in that little country house on the front porch with a dog named Otto looking home, a German shepherd. I'll never forget that day when grandmother put me into the kingdom in her mind and said, I don't want you to disappoint me anymore. And I stand here today because a grandmother didn't try to beat it out of me. She loved it into me. She gave me hope that I could win in this thing called life. I salute you, Grandma. She died way too young. I was just 25 when she died in a car accident. But I salute you, Grandma. I salute you, Mom. I salute my wife. And I salute all the mothers here that love their kids enough to pray for them and want them to be in the kingdom and involved in the kingdom and have high expectations that God's going to do something great for your kids in the kingdom. Amen. Stand to your feet all over the house. You're awesome people. You're awesome people. I love you very, very much. I want us to do something here today. I want every mom and I want every woman in other words, I want every female in this house. If you can make it down to the front, if you can do that, I want you to come. I want to pray for you today and bless you today because I owe a lot to my sweet, my sweet, sweet mother. Come as close as you can. Come on. I want to bless the moms today. Come on. Please help me today. This will take about three minutes. Would you come, moms? Would you come out of the balcony? Would you come on? I want to bless every mom in the house today. I really, really do. I really, really do. I want to give you a good old dad hug today in my spirit. I want to reach out and just embrace your spirit today because I want God to bless you and I want God to help you. And I want God to strengthen you. And you moms that have done the job and you have created an atmosphere and you have promoted your kids to do the work of the kingdom of God, it's an awesome thing. It really is an awesome thing. And I want your kids to get most beautiful and I want your boys to be most handsome and I want them to be the king and queen. I want them to be the things that they need to be in school. I'm not talking negative about that, but I want them to embrace the kingdom of God more than anything in this world because everything works out when you embrace the kingdom of God. Would you join hands with another mom, another lady, another sister there beside you? Would you just join hands with them? Amen. Would you do that? Thank you. They're still coming. They're still coming. They're still coming. Come on down, ladies. This prayer is not going to be lengthy today. It's going to be brief, but I'm going to bless you in the name of the Lord. Dads, let's give these ladies, men, let's give these ladies all a great hand. Come on, would you? Right now, let's give them a great hand. Amen. 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 Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord. Thank you for all these sweet, sweet, sweet moms. All these ladies that are going to be moms, all the expectant mothers to be, and all the ladies that have adopted children, and all the people that have blended families, the moms that are moms to their own, their biological, and moms that are moms to someone else's. God, I thank you for mothers of all kinds and all creations here today. I thank you for the privilege, Lord, of just blessing these precious women. God, I honor them. I really do honor them today. And I thank you for the privilege of just being able to bless them today. Lord, I, 
I don't claim to be anything just extra, extra, extra spiritual, not at all. But Lord, I sense in my heart that there's some mothers who have broken hearts here today. Maybe they hadn't heard from their children. Maybe their children have passed and maybe their children are sick today. Maybe something's wrong in the home. But God, I pray a comfort upon these mothers today. I pray a comfort upon all the women of our church today. May the peace of God that passes understanding be on their lives and their hearts today. And may they understand and enjoy the benefits and the blessings of knowing that there is someone. There is someone who understands where they are today. Because, Lord, when you died on the cross, you really died alone. And you gave it all you had. And, God, I bless the women that have given it all they've had to bring and to raise their children up in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, God, even though maybe their children are not living that life right now, I believe right now that you're going to reach out somewhere in this city, somewhere in this state, somewhere in this America, somewhere in this world, and you're going to touch kids' lives. And you're going to turn those children toward home. Lord, I bless every mom. I bless every lady. I bless everybody in this house. I bless women that desire children. May their their womb be opened. May they be blessed. May they become fruitful. May they be blessed in the kingdom of God. We've done it before and you've blessed us. God, we bless every woman in this house right now. Let the favor of the Lord be upon them. And God, in closing, I hope they all got something nice today, a card, some kind of blessing, some kind of gift, some kind of touch, some kind of call. But if not, Lord, let their pastor be the first to tell them that he'll be their brother, he'll be their father, he'll be their son, and he'll tell them, you're loved. All you ladies are loved. Jesus Christ loves us all. And he died to show how much he loved us. And this pastor loves you and your church loves you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Hug the lady beside you. Greet somebody right there beside you. Amen. And tell them happy Mom's Day. Happy Mom's Day. Isn't it warm in here right now? Come on, clap your hands all over the house. Clap your hands all over the house. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.